Hi, and welcome to Finding Drishti Podcast. I'm Terry Cohen, a yoga teacher out of Austin, Texas. This week's episode is recording from a four-week workshop series I led at Austin Bouldering Project. We discuss different philosophical concepts to help declutter our minds, which are then applied to how we can approach asana, pranayama, and meditation. I hope this series resonates with you and lightens your mental burden. Find a comfortable seat and listen in. So this workshop started from a place of there is so much that yoga philosophy that can teach us how to stay a little more connected in our bodies because we spend a lot of time in our heads and when you spend too much time in your head and you're on a computer all day or on your phone all day things start to go haywire and then you start googling things and then it's like a a rabbit hole where bad ideas start to fester. At least it does for me. And so we want to use this practice as a way to get out of our heads and experience our bodies instead so that we can actually connect what's happening in our brains with what we're experiencing in our everyday lives. This practice is meant to help us quiet the chatter. So one of the first yoga sutras Yoga Chitta Vritti Naroda is saying that yoga tries to stop the vritti, the chatter, the the, the ick that's stuck in our heads. So this is why when you go through a yoga practice and you're fully connected with your breath from a physical standpoint that you're able to leave class feeling, <sighs> feeling a little bit lighter, feeling a little bit more grounded, to feel a little bit more like, okay, I think I can tackle the day. That whatever you came into, whatever that baggage was, that you were able to lift a little bit of it and make it a little bit lighter. So this workshop series is going to be looking at different philosophical concepts. So we'll do a fair amount of discussion um, and then starting to use the tools that we have in yoga, meditation, breath work, and then pairing all of that with our asana practice, our physical practice. So for this 90 minutes, I'd say maybe only about 30 of it is going to be dedicated to physical movement. I want to make sure that you guys are understanding the concepts first, and then we start to embody the concepts as part of our physical practice. You might have come into yoga starting with physical practice. I know I did. I came in because uh, I was diagnosed with thyroid disease, and my stress level was really high. I was in grad school, and my doctor goes, have you ever thought about doing yoga? I was like, that's like stretching. I'd rather be running, playing volleyball. And I had this like big eye rolling thing. I was like, okay, fine. Doctor says I have to go do something to like keep my stress levels down. And I went to my first yoga class and it was awkward. And then you go to your second yoga class and it's a little less awkward. You go to your third one, you go to your fourth one. You keep this practice going. You start to go, oh, something is working. Something is sticking. And it's not just the physical aspects of it. Yes, we will have benefits of you feel stronger, you feel lighter, you feel more flexible, you feel longer. Those are nice things that come out of the practice. But asana is just one of the eight limbs of yoga. The other parts of yoga are talking about how we live our lives. What are the things that we should try to eliminate, to avoid? Violence, things like that. Things that we should strive for, cleanliness, cleanliness of our minds. And then it starts to get into asana, 
and breathwork pranayama. And then the other limbs are really about meditation, getting to that state of full connectedness with your body and your breath and your mind. So we tend to focus mostly on two of the limbs, mostly one limb. We come in and do asana in our classes, right? And then we attach the breath work to it, so we get the pranayama. But it's not often that we get to dive deep into these other parts of the practice that are so profound for making us feel a sense of connectedness. So that's my goal for this workshop series, is that we can take whatever this is that we're living in our heads, that we have all this baggage, and we apply the philosophy to it so that you have some tools in place for that day that you are feeling so overwhelmed, so anxious that you can't even breathe. There's a breath work for that. There's a meditation practice for that. Yes, there's also asana practice for that. So that you have extra things that you can work with so that you can be able to participate in life fully. So I want to start with just coming back to this idea of like we live in our heads so much. We live in our heads because our brains are almost like too advanced, right? The amount of planning that we do, the amount of worrying about what somebody else thinks about us. We create stories in our brain before we know the truth about something, right? You ever have one of those fights with a partner or with a friend and like, you know that something's wrong and you know you should probably talk about it. And in those, you know, three hours before you can be face to face with them or on the phone with them, you've blown this story out huge. They're doing this to me, oh my God. And you're having conversations that don't actually exist except in your own mind. And then that story becomes your reality because your perception has attached to something. And we attach ourselves to perception all the time. I had a manager once, I worked in advertising for like 12 years, and a manager once in one of my reviews said, you know, people think you're just a little too zen and chill. And I was like, I am anxious and stressed out in my mind. But okay, you know, um, we can roll with that perception. I'm zen, I'm chill, they, they see that I'm doing yoga, maybe they, that's a good thing. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll just roll with this. And then the comment after that was, you seem a little too chill. <sighs> what? Is that a bad thing in the workplace? I feel like there's too much butting heads in a workplace that maybe somebody coming in a little more zen. But he made this point of perception is reality. And I've always thought that was a really strange thing to talk about. It works in advertising because we are working on brands. It works in public relations because you're trying to smooth out anything that went wrong at a company or for political consultants. You have a candidate who's done something terrible. You smooth it out, right? You try to change the perception because that's what people think is reality. But that doesn't work for our lives. What ends up happening is that we become these tightly wound overly curated versions or brands of ourselves, right? It might seem like it's just on the surface, um, your social media. I use this uh, example a lot in my classes. You know, we talk about how people only post the, the happy pictures. When you're on vacation, you're having a nice dinner, you're taking pictures of that stuff. Nobody takes the pictures 
of them crying at night because they got their heart broken. Nobody takes pictures of the anger they feel when somebody's done you wrong. That's not the stuff you share online. You've edited that part out. Well, when you start to put that out there as the only thing that exists, suddenly you might fall for your own perception of yourself. And I know this has happened plenty of times to influencers, right? Influencers, bloggers. Um, I was in a circle of bloggers and a lot of the conversation was, well, I feel like I've created this brand of myself of mommy blogger or fashion blogger and now they feel stuck. Now they can't feel like they're allowed to share other parts of their lives. Well, what's stopping them is themselves. They stopped themselves because they created this image of themselves and then they drank their own Kool-Aid that that's their brand and then that's all that they can live. Well, we aren't brands. That's the good news. We aren't brands. We shouldn't operate like brands. There's a reason I left advertising. (laughs) We should be able to experience the entire journey of our lives. And the journey of our lives is not linear. It is very bumpy. There are lots of ups and downs. And knowing that you have all these ups and downs, surely this person is also having ups and downs, and this person is having ups and downs, and this person, and so on and so forth. Nobody's living the perfect life. Nobody is living on the up and up and up and up, okay? We can use the shared human experience to be able to look at ourselves and have that perception of ourselves very clearly. And we don't need to label it. We don't need to brand it. I think we spend too much time worrying about, well, I've created this and here are my labels. I am a yoga teacher. I am a mother. I'm a mother to boys, which is different from mother to girls. I'm Asian American. I speak a different language. I'm a morning person. I'm a coffee drinker. I'm not a coffee drinker. I do only yoga that is sweaty. I only do yoga that is calm, right? Why do we put these little buckets for ourselves that we feel like we need to fill? Because all they do is they trap us. So we wanna be able to go inward and start this process of just looking at our self-perception without any kind of judgment. And this is where meditation can come in. All right, so meditation, and there's lots of different styles of meditation. So the style of meditation that we're gonna do today is called Vipassana. And it's also known as insight meditation. We're gonna do like a modified version. True Vipassana meditation, if you hear of people that go to like silent retreats where you can't talk for three days or seven days, they're doing Vipassana meditation. I'm not gonna torture you for the entire class of just sitting in silence, okay? Because your head will start talking. Your head will fill that quiet with whatever story that it wants to, with whatever chatter. But we are gonna use Vipassana in a way that you're gonna be able to just kind of observe thoughts that pass through. And the challenge is gonna be that as these thoughts pass through, that you don't cling to any one of them. 
a thought is going to pass through. God, it's so quiet in here. Oh my God, it's so quiet in here. I wonder when this is going to end. This teacher is doing this on purpose, right? Like, what is that story that you're going to create? So don't get attached to anything that passes through. You're going to observe it, go, that's happening right now. Okay, it's there. And then you're just going to let it pass. And something might come and um, nag you, right? Kind of like a, a little kid pulling on your leg. Pay attention to me, pay attention to me. Pay attention to me. And you're going to go, not now, let it pass, okay? So I'm going to take you kind of more through a um, guided meditation as we go through. And we'll do a few minutes at a time. And I don't want you to leave that exercise feeling like I failed at meditation, right? I have, I have a lot of students who tell me, well, I don't do it because I, I suck at it. No, you don't suck at it. It's just that you haven't practiced it a lot yet. Right? It's, it's, things are always difficult when you first do them. So yeah, it might get a little uncomfortable. You start to feel like you can't sit upright. Readjust how you sit. Your foot's falling asleep. It's okay. You can move your leg. Okay? You find that you just held your breath for like 14 seconds and you didn't take a breath in. As soon as you notice it, don't judge it. Just take a breath. Okay? So I'm going to give you guys a couple ways to sit in our first round here. The most classic is just crisscross applesauce um, with something lifting your seat and letting your knees fall forward. If um, this doesn't feel comfortable, you could do just one leg, whether that's your right leg forward or your left leg. The other option is to take more of a kneeling posture. And you can use the bolster here again. You could put it, um, if you need a little bit more height, you can put the bolster like between your heels and your bum so that you sit on that. If you have a block nearby, you could also sit on a block or you could just sit on your heels, okay? So we're gonna go, I'm gonna say, about two minutes for this first round. And if you're nervous about it, don't be. Again, no judgment, no attachment of anything. We just wanna be able to sit quietly with ourselves. And you're gonna close your eyes. Allow your spine to grow long and tall. We'll just keep the head neutral. If you tend to clench your jaw, go ahead and open and close the mouth a few times. Loosen your jaw side to side. Shrug those shoulders. And once you kind of come into a nice seated posture, start to breathe in through your nose and out through the nose. And just try to steady it out and even it. And we'll just bring that as the most basic way of being here in meditation is just a nice, slow, steady inhale and matching the exhale. So this doesn't have to be sniffing it in. This doesn't have to be a big exhale. Just allow your body to breathe. And you'll start to notice whether your brain wants to start turning on high gear or not. And we're going to start to take the attention inward. And you might start to just explore what are those labels that you tend to put on yourself. And are these labels holding you back in any way? Do you feel like you are defined by those labels? And were those labels placed on you by somebody else? Or did you put them on yourself? 
with those labels in mind, can you start to loosen your grip on them? Give yourself the freedom to not be anchored or tethered to them. That if you decide tomorrow you're going to dye your hair purple, that you are okay to do that. That if you want to go and get a crazy tattoo that was always frowned upon by a parent or a friend, that you are free to do that if that's what you really want. I'm going to read you a passage from Pima Chodron in this book um, that I really like. is called Comfortable with Uncertainty, and I'll repeat all of these books and readings to you at the end of class in case you ever want to look them up. And she says, we're just being with our experience, whatever it is. If our experience is that sometimes we have some kind of perspective and sometimes we have none, then that's our experience. If sometimes we can approach what scares us and sometimes we absolutely can't, then that's our experience. This very moment is the perfect teacher, is a really most profound instruction. Just seeing what's going on, that's the teaching right there. So our first step into this process of being able to lighten our mental load is to just take a look at what's happening right now. It's to take a look at what you're experiencing right now and not judging it, not trying to make it into something bigger or smaller than it actually is. To allow yourself to identify where present is. Not trying to think too far ahead, not living in the past. Another passage here that I'll share with you. Experiencing our emotional distress. We practice dropping whatever story we are telling ourselves and leaning into the emotions and the fear. We stay with the emotion, experience it, and leave it as it is, without proliferating. Thus we train in opening the fearful heart to the restlessness of our own energy. We learn to abide with the experience of our emotional distress. So whether you realize it or not, those labels, that outside perception, what the PR people call optics, a lot of those are the cause of our suffering. A lot of those are what causes us to feel so heavy in our heads and so bogged down by our thoughts. And that perception is not reality because we are not a brand. We are a human being with true emotions, with ups and with downs. And that everybody goes through a zigzagging kind of journey. Give yourself two more slow breaths here. One more deep inhale. 
start to blink your eyes open. And if you need to change your seating position to get a little more comfortable, feel free to change it up. So this internal exploration of our perception, that's one of our niyamas. That's the second limb of the eight limb path. Niyamas are things that we strive to do, things that uh, we practice as part of our daily lives in order to come closer and further along in our spiritual journey. And so the niyamas, there are five of them, and the one that we're going to focus on today is svadhyaya. So svadhyaya is um, self-study. Self-study is a little different than just sitting around and like contemplating life. Right, where you live in your head. Self-study is that observation. Right? So vipassana meditation is one of these really great techniques that allows us to kind of just explore what's happening in there without getting attached to them, watching thoughts go by. That maybe there's something in there and you go, hmm, that's interesting. I'll set that aside for later. So svadhyaya is something that we need to be doing all the time. Anytime that you feel like something isn't quite right, Stop for a moment and you can explore it. Don't get attached to it, don't cling to it, but explore it a little bit. Go, why am I so angry? Why am I feeling this way? Why am I holding resentment towards somebody else? And you can meditate on that, which basically means sit, breathe, and let things pass through and just give it a little bit of attention and let it go by. And usually what happens is after a few minutes of meditation, you go, oh, man, I'm being a real jerk. That was probably me. I'm holding anger towards somebody else, or I'm feeling resentment, or I'm feeling whatever towards somebody else, when really it's about me. And that's where Svadhyaya teaches us where we are, so that we can stay more present. Because usually what we've been so attached to was something that happened in the past, and we've created a story in our head. So we can let that stuff go. We're going to start to work through week by week as we go through this workshop series so that this week is just being about here and now, right? Because this is the only way that you can know how to clear your mental baggage is you got to lay it all out. So for those few minutes, how many of you guys felt like you probably still got stuck a little bit? It's totally normal. How many of you guys felt like you were able to move past feeling stuck and there might have been like little pops of opening where you go, oh, there might be little breakthroughs. That happens too. And it doesn't always happen at the same time. You might have like five meditation sessions and feel like a failure, right, because you didn't have a big breakthrough. And that's totally okay. You were staying with the present moment even if it felt icky in there, even if it was like the worst five minutes of your life because you were still stuck in your head. That's okay. Keep doing it. You can do it two minutes here, five minutes there. I like to do it right before bedtime. Uh, I like to do it, I, I actually think of my driving <laughs> as meditation, because it's, it's such a, especially if you're stuck in traffic, right, you're not going anywhere. For those like 30 seconds, instead of like getting angry and creating a story about this traffic that's just driving me nuts. I don't close my eyes, I keep my eyes open, <laughs> but, you can take a few moments of breath and let the mind kind of just quiet down and just see what passes. And usually whatever you were mad about, whatever got you like riled up, it was probably nothing. 
and it just passes anyway. But if I didn't ever give myself those few breaths, it would have gotten worse because I live in my head too much, like most of us do. Okay. Let's move through some gentle asana and let's start to bring this more into our bodies. So you can go ahead and set your props toward, uh, I don't know, wherever you can find space. <laughs> and let's find child's pose. And we're going to take a very grounding approach to our practice today. So child's pose, you can take your knees wide, let your belly hang between the thighs, sit on the heels and reach the arms forward. You could also keep knees together instead and reach the hands next to your feet so that you're more rounded in. But let your head touch the floor. If you're going knees wide, take them really wide. Take up some space. Don't hold back. Let go of any holding in the hips and let them just drop toward your heels. Rock your head a little side to side against the mat. Feel that connection of your forehead into the floor and the floor pressing back up into you. So when they talk about grounding, a really great metaphor that one of my teachers um, shared with me was grounding is kind of like when you have uh, you know, electrical grounding. Something has to be stuck into the ground and the earth will absorb that extra electrical energy and take it down to diffuse it. If you had a live wire swinging in the air, you have sparks flying everywhere. So you got to ground that. You got to put it into the floor. Same idea. Let your body touch the floor and feel it fully into the floor. And where do you normally hold tension? Is it happening in your shoulders or your face or your jaw? Can you soften those places? Can you take full breaths here until your back body puffs up on the inhale? And as you exhale, let it drop back into the floor. Take five deep breaths here in through your nose, out the nose, four more. Three more. Two more. One more breath in. Good. If you have your arms reaching back, go ahead and reach them forward and give yourself a little bit more space between the knees. We're going to take our child's pose for a twist. You're going to slide your right arm underneath your left armpit all the way through until you can feel your right ear and your right shoulder fall toward the floor. And relax the head back into the floor. Now breathe into the space between your right shoulder blade and your spine. Maybe you keep the chest heavy dropping in toward the ground. It might hit your arm, it might not. Three more full breaths in. One more inhale. 
and slide your right arm out from underneath. And you want to take your left arm under the right armpit, slide it through until your ear and your shoulder fall into the floor. Let that right arm get heavy. Keep the seat heavy toward the heels. Full breaths into the back body. Soften something on the exhale. Three more breaths in. Two more. One more inhale. And bring your left arm out from underneath. You're going to come up onto hands and knees, and we'll stack your hips over the knees. And then from there, you're going to walk your hands back forward until your heart and your head can drop back into the floor. So puppy pose, sometimes called heart chakra pose. You can either rest your forehead down or maybe your chin on the floor. Your hips are high. They're over your knees. So you should feel some light stretching in the upper back. Breathe opening into the armpits. Maybe your heart drops a little closer to the floor. Maybe those armpits get a little closer to the floor. Deep breath in. Breath out. Three more. One more breath here. And then walk your hands back underneath your shoulders, coming into hands and knees. Feel free to keep the eyes closed here. We'll take a few rounds of slow cat-cows. Your inhale, we're going to start with the belly dropping down, the chest opening, lengthening the heart. As you exhale, move from your tailbone up through the spine all the way to the upper back, and then your head will drop. Inhale brings you forward, belly opens to the floor, chest is open, lengthen. Exhale, move one vertebrae at a time from the base of the spine all the way to the crown of the head. Push the ground away. You should be rounding into your upper back. Inhale brings you through. Exhale, round in. So keep moving with your breath, but stay with that firm connection of your hands into the floor. You can even use the hands here. As you inhale and bring the heart through, push the ground, open through the chest, exaggerate it. As you exhale, resist the earth, push away to round into the upper back and let the head drape. Take two more rounds here. And one more round. Good. Come back to a neutral spine. You might need to negotiate with your neighbor a little bit. We're going to step your right foot out to the right and seal the outer edge of the foot down. So you might be stepping on somebody's mat. Make friends. <laughs> Good. From there, you're going to keep your left hand on the floor. We're going to open the right arm up to the sky. 
Find a little bit more stretch across the chest. Take one more big breath in. Bring your right hand back in. Bring your right knee back in. Let's do the other side. Step your left foot out to the side. Seal the outer edge of the foot down so that foot is flat. Spread the right fingers wide and open left arm up to the sky. Two breaths at the top. One more inhale here. Exhale, release your left hand down. Bring your left knee back in. From here, we're going to step your feet back into plank pose, top of a push-up. So you might need to walk yourself a little more forward in case you fall off the back of your mat. We won't be here for too long. I just want you to be able to spread your fingers wide and feel that grounding into the floor. Feel the floor press back up into your hands. Take one more deep breath here. As you exhale, start to lift your hips and we'll come into downward facing dog. Make it very soft. Bend those knees. Let the head relax. Let it drop through the arms. You may take a gentle shake of the head side to side. You might pedal out the feet, moving one knee at a time or swishing through the hips. Good. One more deep breath in. And breath out. Good. We're going to inhale your right heel high, three-legged dog. Step this foot between your hands. Set your left knee down. If you prefer to have a blanket under your knee, feel free to grab that here. And we'll relax your left foot so that the toes are pointing back and behind. Good. Now bring the hands on top of your right thigh, and we're going to press the chest open. Make some little adjustments here. Make sure that your foot is supporting your knee. So if your knee is going way past your toes, move your foot forward a little bit. If you're feeling a little wobbly here, move your right foot more to the right so that you have a little bit wider base to work with. Once you're set up into your lunge here, close your eyes, soften the shoulders. Feel the connection of your right foot into the floor, all five toes. Feel the ball mound under your big toe, ball mound under your pinky toe, and the center of your heel. All three of those points are equal in pressure and weight. Feel your left knee taking some of that weight and grounding into the floor. Feel the rebound of the floor allowing you to lift through your spine and then relax your shoulders. Take one more breath here. Good. Release your hands back down to the floor. Let's pick up your left knee. Step your right foot back. If you are used to a vinyasa, you're dying for one, you need to move a little bit here, feel free to take that. Otherwise, just come straight into downward facing dog and we'll meet there. From your downward facing dog, lift your left heel high and inhale. Gently step this foot between your hands and we'll set your back knee down. Relax your back toes. Move your left foot to the left a little bit. And when you're ready, we'll press up, hands on top of the thigh. Make any adjustments that you need through the feet, through the knees. Soften your shoulders, close your eyes. Breathe through the entire length of your body, whatever's touching the floor, moving all the way up to the top of your head. Feeling your exhale ground you back down into the floor. And two more breaths in. One more inhale. 
set your hands back down on the floor. We'll pick up your back knee. Step your left foot back and behind. Again, if you are used to a vinyasa, you need that movement right now, feel free to take it. We'll meet in downward facing dog when you're done. Inhale your right heel high. This time let's step the foot, ooh, furniture. Step it to the outside of your right hand. Okay. Go ahead and set that back knee down. Keep your left hand on the floor and let's peel your right arm up to the sky. If you still need more space, you can walk your left hand further out to the left. Again, feeling connection points into the ground, ground back up into those connection points. Two more breaths in. One more inhale. Now let's release your right hand back to the inside of your foot. You might stay here on your hands and just broaden across the chest and drop into the hips. You'll feel a little bit more stretch to the hips this way. Or if you want to get lower to the floor, you could put forearms down, lace the fingers if you like. We'll spend a few breaths here. Just getting a little closer to the floor. Breathing into those hips. So our hips are a place where we tend to hold our emotional distress. It's not uncommon to feel an unleashing of emotion whenever you open your hips. Our hips are also attached to our jaws in that if you are holding really tight in your hips, your jaw sometimes might clench up. So if that's the case for you, you might start by opening and closing the mouth a few times, moving your jaw around, and see if that translates down into the hips. Two more breaths here. One more inhale. Good. If you are lowered down to the floor, you're going to come back onto your hands. We'll pick up your back knee. Step your right leg back. Again, if you are dying for a vinyasa, take it, but just make sure that you're moving through it in a way that you're staying grounded. This isn't a vinyasa class per se, but you can keep that breath moving with your postures. Good. Left leg high on an inhale. Step it toward the outside of your left hand. Go ahead and bring your back knee down. We'll open our twist, left arm up to the sky. If you need more space, walk your right hand further out to the right. Two breaths here, just feeling the connection points into the floor. One more inhale. And then release your hand back to the inside of your foot. And you decide if you prefer to stay on the hands, open through the chest, or if you want to get a little bit closer to the floor, deepening the stretch in the hips. Feel for where this left knee is in space. You want to make sure that it's supported by your foot. So sometimes where we lose connection with our bodies, we're stuck in our brains so much. It shows up in these types of poses where we stay in them for just a little bit longer. Where we start to create stories. Or we start to feel like it's a competition of who can stretch the deepest. And what I told my last class was um, everyone is so self-conscious and we're all in our heads so much that you don't have to worry if somebody else is judging your practice. They're judging themselves enough. 
not to say that judgment is good. It's probably not. But know that your body, your breath, your movement is yours alone. Let's take two more breaths here. One more inhale. And start to come up onto your hands. Pick up your back knee. Step your left foot back. You can meet in downward facing dog or take some gentle movement. From here, we'll inhale your right heel high. Step it between your hands. You'll probably want the blanket for this round. We're going to set your left knee down on the floor. Does everybody have a blanket or does somebody need a blanket? Do you need a blanket? Here, take mine. All right, we are going to turn your left foot over to the right. Yeah, so take swivel at the knee, turn your left foot over to the right so that you have right knee pointing to the front and your left knee is now pointing toward the mirror. I call these Captain Morgan legs. So we'll rise up onto your right thigh. You can set your right forearm there. And just for a moment, play with the depth here that you really need to be comfortable. You might have to walk your right foot forward just a little bit. Okay, once you have your spacing down, go ahead and put the hands back down on the floor on the inside of your left foot. You might walk it a little bit more toward the corner of your mat. We're gonna just take little circles with your hips. Don't worry about how it looks. Go by how it feels. And then go in the opposite direction. Bring your hands over here so that you're facing more this way. Yeah, oh, you guys will go a little bit more to the left. That'll give you more room to move through the hips. All right, you're gonna restack your knee over the ankle. And then we're all gonna walk your hands off to the upper left corner of your mat, even going off your mat maybe. And then let the head drop. Push back up into your right hip. Keep your breath moving. Two more breaths here. And one more inhale. Walk your hands back in. Let's turn your back leg back to the back of the mats. Good. From here, let's just switch the knees. We'll skip all the vinyasa business. So take your right knee back, step your left foot forward. We'll swivel your right foot over toward the left. We'll come back into our Captain Morgan legs. Take a moment, just find the spacing that you need, that your hips are nice and comfortable. Make sure that your right knee is, or your left knee is happy. And then we'll release the hands back down to the inside of your foot. Go a little bit more to the right so you're a little bit angled. You'll take your hip circles. I'm just kind of swiveling through the hips here. And then go in the opposite direction. And then you'll restack your left knee over your ankle. Walk your hands to the upper right corner of your mat or going off the mat. 
push back up into your left hip. Keep your breath moving. Two more breaths. One more inhale. Good. Walk your hands back underneath you. You'll straighten out your right leg. Step your left knee back behind. Take a child's pose. Drop into the hips. Three more breaths in. Two more. One more inhale. And lift up into a downward facing dog. And we'll walk the hands all the way toward the back of the mat till you're in a forward fold. Bend your knees as much as you need. Feel free to move props out of the way. Good, soften your knees here. We'll grab opposite elbows. Let your head hang heavy. You might add some movement, a gentle sway side to side. Two more breaths in. One more inhale. Good. Release your hands. You're going to step your feet out just a little bit more. Turn the toes out. And then we're going to drop into the hips coming into Malasana. Squat. If your heels are lifting up, go ahead and grab your blanket, fold it, and put it underneath the heels so that you have something to connect your heels against. Yeah. Once you're in your squat, bring the elbows to the insides of your thighs palms together and we'll bring your thumbs up toward your sternum, sternum toward your thumbs and close the eyes again. You can think of your breath as the inhale is drawing from the ground, lifting up. Your exhale is bringing everything back down into the floor. Stay with the sensations in your legs and in your hips. Try to even out the weight from the front of your feet to the back. Notice where you tend to clench, where you tend to tense up and tighten, soften into it. We'll take three more deep breaths here. And flutter your eyes open. We're going to release your left arm on the inside of your left leg. Touch the hand to the floor. Open your right arm up to the sky. Now feel that connection of your arm against your leg and your leg back against the arm. Find some space across the chest. 
Take one more breath here. Bring your breath back through center. We'll do the other side. Release your right arm down. Open your left arm. Feel that connection of your hand into the floor, floor pushing back up. We're here for one more deep breath in. Exhale, come back through center. Good, let's find a seat. Take your left leg forward. Bring your right foot into your inner left thigh. We're gonna turn your torso to those left toes here. We're not gonna go for a really deep fold. What I want you to feel is a lot of length. So your sits bones are pressing into the floor. If you don't quite feel your sits bones, if you tend to kind of tuck your tailbone under, get yourself a little higher. Physically move your butt flush out of the way. There's no nicer way to say it. So your torso's turned toward those toes. Bring the fingers to the floor just to begin and flex your front foot. Go just an inch at a time until things start to feel like they're not gonna hold the structure anymore. If that knee starts to pop or your back starts to crunch and you've gone too far. So you might be upright, that might be your forward fold. You might be flexible enough to take it all the way down. It's not a competition. Find what feels right that gives you a lot of space through the spine. Once you get to where you need to be, close your eyes and breathe into sensation. Breathe into the back of the leg, breathe up and down through the spine. Two more breaths here. We'll walk our way back up. You're gonna pick up your right knee, plant the foot. We're gonna take a twist to your right. See how we ended up on different legs, that's okay. All right, so you're gonna take your right hand behind you. Left arms are gonna either hug your knee into the chest or you can take your elbow to the outside. Keep your front foot flex. As you inhale, press yourself a little taller. Use that back hand. As you exhale, Deepen your twist. And then focus back on the breath once you're in your twist. There's a tendency that we lose the breath as we twist because we think all the breath is happening in the diaphragm. Well, you have room for those lungs to expand side to side into the ribs. You can also feel it into the back body. Sits bones root down into the floor. And let's take one more inhale here. Exhale, gently release out of your twist. Switch up the legs. Right leg will come forward, left foot to your inner right thigh. Flex your right foot. You're gonna take your forward fold first, so get as tall as you can. Move any flesh out of the way. And then work it inch by inch. Don't worry about how low you're going. Find length and breathe. Three more breaths. One more inhale. 
Inhale, walk yourself back up. You're gonna pick up your left knee and plant the foot. Let's set up for our twist. Left hand will go behind. Right arm either hugs the leg in or elbow to the outside. Use that back hand, press yourself a little taller. There's your inhale. Exhale, find your twist. And once you're there, close your eyes and then feel the twist move. Let's take one more breath here. And then we'll gently unwind. Bring the soles of your feet together. Let your knees open out. If you want, you can stagger with your neighbor. Give yourself a little bit more room. You're going to open the feet like a book. Let's sit up nice and tall. We're going to take this into a forward fold. So you're going to pull your feet closer in towards you. Let your heart reach forward and down. You can either keep as long as you can, or if you need a little bit more rounding, a little bit more opening in your upper back, you might bring the top of the head toward the feet instead and let your elbows flare out towards your knees. Three breaths, whatever you need here. Inhale to rise back up. And then let's find your way onto your back. So you might need to scoot up on your mat. Hug the knees into the chest. Roll yourself down. Take a couple gentle rolls and rocks side to side or up and down the spine. We'll plant your left foot on the ground, knee pointing up. Good. Cross your right ankle over your left thigh, coming into a figure four. Flex your right foot. So you just let your right knee drop forward. If you need more sensation, you can lace the fingers behind your left thigh and draw the legs in toward the chest. But keep the shoulders and the head on the floor. You still feel the breath moving through the body. Can you make this feel less like work? One more breath here. And gently release. Let's switch to the other side. Cross your left ankle over the right thigh. Flex your left foot, let your left knee drop forward. If you need more, draw the legs in. Two more breaths. And then release the cross of the leg, plant both feet on the floor. Just gently windshield wiper your knees side to side.
We'll take a mini Shavasana here. Extend your legs long. Rest your arms next to you, palms turned up. Flatten your shoulder blades down into the floor. Take a little bit of space between your legs. Let your feet flop open. Three cleansing breaths here. Big inhale. Open your mouth, let it go. Again, big breath in. Breath out. One more inhale. Let your breath come back to a normal pattern, just a gentle rise and fall of your chest and your belly. Let your eyelids get really heavy, shoulders really heavy. Take your attention inward. And just like we did when we were in our seated meditation, there might be thoughts floating through there. Don't cling to any one of them, just let them pass. Feel the weight of your bones being drawn down by gravity. And maybe you're being pulled down so heavily that your body can leave an imprint on the floor. I'll share another passage with you guys that I think is really helpful. It says, we are not striving to make pain go away or to become a better person. In fact, we are giving up control altogether and letting concepts and ideals fall apart. This starts with realizing that whatever occurs is neither the beginning nor the end. It is just the same kind of normal human experience that's been happening to everyday people from the beginning of time. Thoughts, emotions, Moods and memories come and they go, and basic nowness is always here. So for these next few minutes that we're taking our little mini Shavasana, try to stay anchored in the here and now. Try not to let your thoughts pull you away.
We can drop the fundamental hope that there is a better me who one day will emerge. We can't just jump over ourselves as if we were not there. It's better to take a straight look at all our hopes and fears. Then some kind of confidence in our basic sanity arises. Start to deepen your breath. Add gentle movement into your hands, your fingers, your wrists. Bring movement into your toes, your feet, your ankles. Take a full body stretch. Yawn, move your jaw around. Hug your knees into the chest. We'll roll over to the right, take a few breaths on your side. Feel the ground hold you right here, cradling you. And then we'll gently press back up and find a comfortable seat. Let's get comfortable again. If you need to add some more propping underneath the body, feel free to do so. So the thing with Svadhyaya is that sometimes it's not very pretty, the self-study. Sometimes we realize we are a hot mess underneath. And that um, especially if you tend to keep a very calm zen outer right like me on my job where i was labeled too zen and chill and really i'm underneath like flailing maybe they're gonna figure out that i don't know what the hell i'm doing <sighs> right so the self-study of svadhyaya is one of those practices that it can get kind of ugly inside and we have to be okay with the ugly you can't address anything. You can't unburden yourself if you're not willing to look what's happening. I think of that show Hoarders. Anybody seen it? People fill their homes, right? They fill their homes with stuff. They can't let go of it. They collect and collect and collect. And sometimes these homes, I'm always amazed, the camera pulls up to the outside of the house. The house looks fine. And then you find out there's a cat lady in there with like 50 cats. Or there's somebody who's collected newspapers for like 30 years. And they have no place to sit and eat because every surface is cluttered. And there are times that it feels like our minds are like that. We're kind of like hoarders of the brain where we've collected too much stuff and it's clogging us up. Well, what do they do on that hoarder show? They have like an intervention. <laughs> they have that moment that says, you have to look at everything that you have there. You have to look at the crap that's in there. And you have to recognize that there's, there's something that needs to change. And for a lot of those hoarders, they don't realize that they have a problem until they've done that self-study. Somebody shined a light there. 
been brought to their attention. For us, that's meditation. Suddenly meditation shows us all of that's stuck in there. And from there, then they can start the process of accepting this is my reality. I have a hoarding problem. I have a coffee drinking problem. I have a whatever. I hold on to resentment too much. Whatever that is that's bogging your mind down. This grounding that we do as part of our Svadhyaya practice is that opportunity to lay everything out, to go, here is all of our baggage. You have to unpack it before you can sort through it and figure it out, figure out what you want to get rid of, what you want to keep, what's serving you and what's not. And it's a little bit scary to start this process, this unburdening process, because it's a pain in the butt to do, right? Think about a room in your home. Everyone's got a room that becomes the storage room, right? The junk room, the corner room, becomes like the office or like the garage. We have one of those rooms. We did a home renovation this spring, and we had one room. It used to be the office. It was supposed to be my yoga practicing room, and that was the only space that we could put all the bathroom stuff and all the kitchen stuff so that they could come and do this renovation. That renovation happened at the end of February, and just today I talked with my husband. I was like, we have to clear out this room. We have to either figure out things to donate or that are worth putting back into the bathroom or the kitchen. So use the metaphor, whatever the metaphor is that helps you figure out what you need to do. But this practice is where it begins. You have to lay it out. You have to look at the baggage. You have to get grounded enough to look at your baggage. And you have to be open enough to look at it truthfully. And it's not fun. It's not easy. It's going to be some work. And we tend to have a few ways that we handle when something looks like it's going to be a lot. You close the door, you go, I'll deal with this later. Four months later, it's still there. Ah, we'll deal with it later. Just keep throwing things in there and close the door, right? We run away from it. Um, if you are gung-ho enough, you're like, I'm going to tackle it now. It's going to happen right now. I'm going to pull everything out. I'm just, let's just rip off the Band-Aid. And then sometimes we have coping mechanisms where you might step in, clean something out, but then eventually you do close the door. So wherever you are in this process, today might just be day one. You might have come into this like, oh, I'm doing okay. This would just be like a nice meditation practice. And then suddenly we do meditation and go, it is murky in there. There's stuff in there that I didn't realize I was holding on to. There's stuff in there that I haven't wanted to look at for a long time because it's not fun. Because it doesn't look Instagrammable, right? Most of us have that. I would say pretty much all of us have something in there that we're ready to let go of and we just didn't know how. So we're going to take a breathing practice here called Kabbalah. I can't say this correctly. Kapalabhati. I always get the P's and B's mixed up. Kapalabhati. So this is, if you do a Google search on it, sometimes it shows up as um, skull shining breath. What they're really referring to as skull is your mind, shining being light. So it's a cleansing practice, it's a kriya cleansing practice that should open some space in our minds. Okay. So the breath practice is an inhale through the nose and a forceful exhale out the nose, starting from the low belly. So I want you to bring one hand to the low belly. 
We'll do the first few rounds kind of slow. And if you want to close your eyes, feel free. I am really snotty from allergies. There might be a little bit of snot spray. Just a heads up and a warning, okay? All right. So you're going to breathe in through your nose. Forceful out the nose. Do it again. Inhale through the nose. Forceful out. Make it a little faster. Inhale. Forceful. Inhale. Forceful. Keep going. Start to pick up the pace. Keep going for five, four, three, two, one. Regular inhale, slow exhale. Release the hand from the belly, bring it to your knees, close the eyes, stay here with the breath, just a normal inhale and out, exhale. Flutter your eyes open. All right. Who feels a little physical lightness in the head? There might be a little bit of that. Right. So we kind of eased up to a faster speed of this. We're going to do this exercise one more time, and we're going to go quick. Exhale, 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 exhale. Okay. You want to pump through the belly from the low belly. So if it helps to use this hand to almost push back up in, do that, okay? If you lose the rhythm of your breath, that's okay. Take a normal inhale and exhale and then jump right back into it, okay? All right, close the eyes, sit up tall. Take a normal inhale, exhale. Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Normal inhale. Normal exhale. Release the hand. Breathe a few more times here, just letting everything kind of resonate in the body. You might feel a little vibration, maybe a little buzzing through the body. You might even see a little brighter lights through your eyelids. Keep the eyes closed. Make any kind of little adjustments through your seat, and we're going to go straight back into another round of meditation. Roll the shoulders out of the way. Let them drop down the length of your back. Make sure your hands are in a place that feels comfortable. Soften the mind. Even out the breath. And just see what floats through. Whatever you happen to see, let it pass. If there is something that needs a little bit more of your attention, 
allow it to speak for a moment in your head and then move on. Stay here for three more breaths. And then keeping the eyes closed or very soft, we're gonna go straight back into Shavasana. So you kind of just feel your way around your mats, move any props, push them out of the way, lie down. You could use that blanket as a proper blanket over the body.
gently start to deepen your breath. Bring small movements back into the body. And when you're ready, we'll start to work our way back up to a seat. So this being week one, we have unpackaged whatever it is that we're holding inside. And you don't have to share anything with anybody. This is just for you to know as you work inward on your journey to uh, make more space for a more unburdened life. Because we don't have to hold on to all of this. I think we all tend to hold on to too much. So this is your starting place. Whether it's really ugly or just a little messy, it's all okay. Your baggage is valid, right? Next week, we're gonna start talking about some of our tendencies of grasping, of hoarding, of holding on. The following week, we'll talk about impermanence, acceptance, and then our final week, we'll go into surrender. So the books that I was reading from today, uh, the author is Pima Chodron, and there were two books that I um, shared with you guys. So the first one is called Comfortable with Uncertainty, 108 Teachings on Cultivating Fearlessness and Compassion. So there's like 108 little essays, and it's really great, quick read. The other one that I read from is When Things Fall Apart, Heart Advice for Difficult Times, and I've found both of these books to be really helpful for processing like big life stuff that um, is hard to, to stay grounded with. Um, so if you guys have any questions about any of these books or the authors, let me know. All right. Thank you guys so much for being here. My name is Terry. I will wait outside um, if you have any questions that pop up between here and the door. And yeah, hopefully you feel a little bit lighter you feel a little bit more okay with whatever's happening. Um, if you need a hug, I'll be outside. I'll give you hugs. I'm not normally a hug in person, but I'll hug you outside. Okay. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Finding Drishti Podcast. If you're enjoying the content, please tell your family and friends. And if you're local to Austin, you can find my public teaching schedule at findingdrishti.com.